You're invited. Join Bloomies in the Mosaic District for an art stroll on Saturday, June 18th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. and shop one-of-a-kind art by local artists. Pop by with your family and friends to also enjoy Bites by Colada Shop. And watch Chalk Riot in action as they paint the sidewalk murals in front of our store. Plus, get store-wide savings during our Buy More, Save More event. See you there. Hello, and welcome to Rhyme Entertainment Showcase with your hosts, Rita and Mel. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Rhyme Entertainment Showcase, episode 28. Today, we have very special guests, two you may have already seen before in our previous show of Rhyme Entertainment Showcase. We'd like to welcome the Marcus crew, <laughs> J.R. Poli, Owen Miller, and Katana Malone. Welcome, welcome to Rhyme Entertainment Showcase. Thank you for having us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Appreciate it. Thank you. It's our pleasure. So we love to begin our shows by finding out about your own journey. So just tell us about your individual journeys, how you got um, into your career, and whoever wants to start, the platform's open. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start, I guess. <laughs> so I am J.R. Poli, I um, writer, producer, director, and um, my journey started when I was a kid. Uh, my mom, which who I thanked at our world premiere, which was one of my most special moments ever. I have it recorded. I send it to her like every month to go, hey, remember, I thanked you in front of everybody at the world premiere. So uh, she um, she used to take me to the Dollar Theater because, uh, you know, at the time, you know, five kids and all, we went to the Dollar Theater and she used to take me every single weekend. And there was many times where she wanted to see an adult movie and I just wanted to see something cool. So we would split up. And even at the age of eight, I'm sitting in a theater by myself watching movies. Um, then it escalated and I started watching stuff like Last of the Mohicans and, you know, you know, Basic Instinct, which isn't a kid movie, but it's there, you know, I, 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 I came, I mean, imagine my mom's face. I, I can still picture it when that first scene opens up, <laughs> she's like, you know, and I'm, I'm eight years old, but, um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, she got me loving storytelling. And then when I got to a certain age where, I was going to the theater on my own with friends. I would come home and literally sit on her bed. And I don't know how she didn't fall asleep, but I, for two or three hours, I would just tell her the entire movie shot by shot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that got me into the storyteller. And then I went to college and I studied a bunch of pointless classes and, and didn't even know the school had a film school. Wow. Didn't even know that's something you could study. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I found out about it. I said, oh, wait a minute. You, that's that's a career that's like a, something you actually can you know do so I jumped right into the film school and from there on I've been making movies Amazing. which segues to Owen Miller who I met at film school and who auditioned for me so now Owen's turn <laughs> amazing good cue well hello everyone my name is Owen Miller I had the great honor of playing Marcus in the film named Marcus um my journey uh, into acting was rather different from JR's and I'm sure than Katana's. I never had a desire to be an actor. In fact, I think back now as a kid, I was perhaps the most shy and introverted kid on the planet. If I was uh, in a classroom, I would sit all the way in the back. Teacher called on me to answer a question, even if I knew the answer to the question, it would go poof. Um, that's how I was affected by the kind of person that I was. So the idea that that child would one day become an actor, someone had told me that I'd, I'd be like, you're crazy. But what happened to me was some 23 years ago, I had an incredibly, incredibly bad experience that left me in a very dark place. Um, depression uh, overwhelmed me. Um, suicide was a constant consideration literally every day. And um, I tried therapy and it didn't work for me. And I, I, I need to qualify that. It didn't work for me, not because therapy doesn't work, mm-hmm. but because of the way I was raised. I was raised with a stiff upper lip sort of a mentality. If I ever cried in the presence of my father because I was pained by something, he would look at me and say, what kind of man are you? Now, my dad was not being a monster. That's the way he was raised. 
So you hear enough of that. And as a kid, you, um, you realize that that's not the way to behave. I want to be like my dad. I want to be approved by my dad. So you very quickly learn to put that aside. Your problems don't get solved. They get compounded over time. So here I am, you know, 20 something years ago, going through this horrible, the worst experience of my life. And I'm sitting across from a therapist on a couch and he's got, I've got all of that going on at the same time. He's trying to help me, but inside, this is not what a man does. I learned that as a young fellow, you don't do that. So it didn't work for me. And that brought me to this desperate place where I tried therapy and in my mind, it didn't work. Um, I'm at my wit's end to my older brother who, um, Doug, I'll talk to you a little bit more about him later on, but Doug was and still is an actor. And he, he was trying to get me involved in stuff like that, like acting. I said, Doug, that's you. That's not me. Mm-hmm. But I, I started to think about it from the perspective of what if I auditioned only for roles that were reflective of what I was dealing with? the anger that I carried around, the pain, the frustration, and all of those negative emotions. Maybe I could get this thing out. So I tried it. And at the time, I realized I didn't want to end my life anymore. And something crazy happens, of course, at that point. This kid, who was so desperately introverted and shy, didn't want to be seen by the world, is saved by the very thing he would have ran from. And how do you, you know, it's kind of like the nurse patient scenario when the the patient is saved and the patient falls in love with the nurse. That, that, that was me. Um, You don't, you don't walk away from the thing that saved you. And then equally important, as I started on this journey and I engaged a few um, acting coaches and they started to say things like, oh my God, you're a natural. Oh, have you done this before? And I'm like, Okay, well, if they think this, then who am I to argue with them? And so that's how my journey started. I I never, ever in a million years wanted to be an actor, but here I am. And um, I I think there's just so much, so many lessons there, but I'll get into more of it later on. And I'll give Katana the floor. Before you start, before you start, you're over here talking about how you didn't even, you've been not lack of sleep that was awesome dude. Yeah, you, prepared for this. you didn't sleep you were you because you were preparing for this interview oh god <laughs> See, i've heard this story oh. a thousand times and i'm like no but I'm yeah. really engaged <laughs> listen my friend that is so riveted in my psyche that whole experience i will never forget it you were uh, you were monologuing man yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. i was like uh, what we actually do the film here and actually yeah, i'm telling you oh god wow. thank you guys thank Amazing. you katana tell us about yourselves well uh <laughs> um as a kid i was um raised from a military background both of my parents are from jamaica and um I did a lot of traveling. Like Owen, I was very introverted. I moved around so much that I wasn't able to really make friends. Um, So I was really into books. I read a lot. I watched a lot of movies like JR. Um, One thing about being in an island family, my dad, while he was in the military, he was also a DJ. So he was big on music and in films. And our thing was always, <laughs> it was either Bruce Lee or Clint Eastwood, or like, I can, it's crazy how many Westerns I have seen in my lifetime. Um, and uh, being into the books, being into, you know, a life of fantasy, I was always writing. I was big on Edgar Allan Poe. I, I was big into really <laughs> dark stories. Um, and over time I started to, you know, see myself as a kid when you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up I said I was either going to be an assassin <laughs> I was going to <laughs> I was going to defend earth in mortal combat <laughs> or, or I was going to be a vampire and I believed these things like so fervently like you couldn't tell me that I was not going to be one of those things or a genie because I watched I dream of genie um and uh I actually got into acting um after I experienced what Gabby experienced, it was my life check moment. It was the, okay, this is something you wanted to do. You're alive now. You were resuscitated, do it. Um, And from there, I just, you know, 
I, I couldn't let it go. I mean, prior to having my daughter, I had gone to college. I, I started college when I was 16. I was supposed to be a nurse. I was studying neuroscience. I was doing all these things. I was, you know, supposed to start at 12. I was considered gifted and all these other things. And I just wanted to be in entertainment. I knew that from a very young age, like, like JR, I loved film. I loved writing. I loved, to me, that imaginary world seemed more real to me than what I was really going through and what I was dealing with because I was uprooted so often that I really couldn't find my place. And I had to create that for myself. And after I had my daughter, I went into doing extra roles and, you know, it, it was tough because I started my pregnancy at 115 pounds and ended at 300. So when I got into the industry, I was extremely overweight. I was constantly cast as, you know, the, it's the funniest thing. I have this experience where I remember I was working on a set for a huge TV show. And what they do is they kind of label you, okay, your bananas, your oranges, your grapefruits, their mind, they know what those things mean. So when they call you, okay, whoever was a banana, you come over here, whoever was, because they know where they want to place people. And I remember this guy came up to me, he's like, okay, you're a grapefruit. I'm like, all right, cool. So then they call all the grapefruits and this woman comes to me and she said, oh no, you're not a grapefruit, you're overweight. And I was like, okay. And I took some time away from the industry and I lost some weight and I, I just kept putting myself back into it and saying, I'm going to keep doing this. This is what I need to do. This is my therapy because like Owen, I suffered with, you know, depression and, and suicide attempts and I, I lost my brother to it. And it, it just not having that base. I told myself filming, filmmaking, entertainment, acting, writing, that was my therapy. That's what I need to continue doing no matter what. So, yeah. Yeah. Just speechless. speechless yeah that never happens <laughs> um but yeah no that's um some really insightful mm. stuff and obviously you know Owen and Katana both going through your journeys you know I mean basically that kind of moves into one of our uh parts of you know what made you keep going what is it about the you know it being your therapy that made you keep going through throughout all of that I mean especially Katana being told that like how did you say yeah, yeah I'm gonna bounce back from this I'm gonna lose the weight and then go back there must have been a little bit of anxiety around that too there was a lot of anxiety um and I, so my daughter was planned, my husband and I, at the time, um, I told him, I said, because I had lost my first child, I actually, um, and it's the reason for me hemorrhaging when I had my daughter, I can, I developed this condition where when I had her, I hemorrhaged, I bled out, time called, three minutes gone. Um, but there was this period of time where I told myself that when I have my child, I'm not going to tell them they can be whatever they want to be when they grow up if I don't pursue what I want to be when I grow up. And I'm, I'm, I'm an adult now. Like, I don't know how much time I have left. I went through that experience and it told me just that quickly you can be gone. And she's my inspiration. She's the reason why I continue to push and to, to, you know, say, okay, you don't want me fine. If you don't want me for that role, I'll write it for myself. You know, I got from, I went from being an extra to, you know, writing my own projects and filming my own things and, you know, getting these opportunities with people like JR, where it showed me that, yeah, it's been over 10 years and this is my first lead role, you know, and I have my daughter to thank for that because, you know, even in the, even in the hospital room when everyone else was, you know, they, they thought I was gone, they, soon as I came up out from surgery, they were like, your daughter doesn't want formula. You need to come nurse her. She was the only one that knew I was coming back. Yeah. You know, so because of her and because of how it makes me feel when I do it, I cannot stop. I don't, it, this is, this is my life now. Yeah. Yeah. That also speaks to the industry itself, you know, and this is the reason the biggest problem, you know, I mean, everybody wants to talk about you know, I mean, all the stuff that's been going on with, you know, uh, the uh, Oscars are so white and, you know, inclusion and all that. But how about the kids? Because Katano's a kid. You know, exactly. and, and this happened. She was a child. I mean, she wasn't 15, but she was still a young mind. And and my my kids, you know, they my especially my son, he does a lot of 
he's been doing stuff. He's SAG eligible. And I tread water very, very carefully with him because I know that the people behind the cameras don't give a crap if he's eight. They're going to put his mind in a spot that he will never recoup from. And, and that's, uh, that's crazy. I've never heard that story, Katana. And all this time that we've been doing this, I haven't heard that. Yeah. And it's, and what you're saying, the same thing with my daughter, like I introduced her to the industry through my own writing, you know, now she's, she loves it. She's in school. She's studying production. She's doing theater. She's the girl's storyboarding. I have, I've storyboarded once in my life (laughs) and my 11 year old is storyboarding. So trust me, I I felt like if this is what you want to do, allow me to bring you into it first. I don't want to put her into it. And someone else is, is running that, that, that train. No, I'll drive it. Yeah. yeah, it's so good to know that they've got that guidance from you both as well, because again, like you said, you know exactly what to look out for. There's those red flags and in terms of that resilience as well. So they're very lucky to have you both on their side, um, mm. you know, keeping them going. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously what you've, you know, you've all gone through, um, you know, even yourself, JR, but in terms of mindset and those times when it gets difficult how important is is it to actually have that that strong mindset and how do you develop that strong mindset for yourselves when you're in that moment of weakness um yeah that's a hard one it's all about who's around you the people the people here on my bottom screen are around me uh i constantly talk to them if i'm feeling it's weird because they won't they won't see it and they won't understand it they just see me as me reaching out to like kind of, you know, shoot the shit, you know what I'm saying? Where, and Katana laughs about it. Cause there's just random nights where I just text her something, you know, funny and she'll respond and we'll take 10 minutes just responding back and forth or yeah. a phone call to Owen at midnight, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's mostly because I was struggling at that moment and in struggling at that moment, just that conversation takes me out. Yeah, I I know my 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 limitations and it's not just the two of them it's also you know my wife and my kids and spending time with everybody uh being able to uh escape with someone is very very important you know so that's how I, I I you know I manage when I'm on set um my the last thing even going through my head is depression yeah you know I mean you have so many things to worry about and so many things to to deal with that it's like it's not even there. I mean, you don't even, you're not, you're not once, not for one second thinking about something negative as far as mental health or anything. So um, that's how you manage. You just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. What about yourself, Owen Katana? Yeah, for me, it's um, one, my challenge um, from 23 years ago was the biggest and the worst thing I'd ever been through. So um, when measured against other moments of of low and depression that I go through now, um, there is that reflection of I dealt with that then and I came out stronger on the other side. And I came out not just stronger, but interestingly enough, I discovered I I got so many blessings out of that painful experience, which is, I think, uh, some of the things that we never really focus on enough because when anyone is going through pain, what you want more than anything else is for that pain to stop. You want it to go away. Um, at no point do you ever sit back and say, well, I welcome this because I think on the other side of this, I am going to be stronger and better. No, the pain is there. It's consuming you. You're immersed in it. Um, but when you have the perspective that I am so grateful that I went through, um, I'll tell you this, I've been, I've been blessed because of that experience. I, I met my wife, three great boys, and became an actor. I mean, how do you beat that? Yeah. And so in, if, when that experience um, em, um, embraced me, that painful experience, if I, had, um, if I had the choice, I would have stopped it, obviously, as my life was imperiled. But to think that going through it would have put me where I am right now, if I had to go through it again, as horrible as it was, I would. Because the blessings that came as a result of me fighting through this and coming out on the other side, I've gotten all of those blessings that I pointed out to you. And equally um, important, when JR approached me with this Marcus project, 
I felt really qualified to play this guy. Not just because I'm an actor, but I'm an actor who does not have to interview people about this. I'm an actor who does not have to watch videos and read books on the subject and theoreticals and research and all. I'm an actor who knows what this feels like. And so there's, there are nuances that I was able to bring to the performance. Um, and albeit that it came from me going back to an incredibly painful place, but all of these blessings came out of that pain. And I think it is so important that um, for those of us who can identify with that, make sure that those in their space who are dealing with struggles know that, listen, I am here. I'm not one of those uh, persons who's, who's going to run away because you're having a bad day. Yeah. I'm here for you because I know what it feels like to be alone and to be struggling in silence. So um, for me, my pain has given me the strength, my pain of that moment has given me the strength to deal with all of that which has come subsequent to it because there was never anything as painful as that uh, before or since. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Katana, I know you're very motivational. I've seen, obviously, we've seen on your Instagram, there's a lot of posts out there. Is that something that helps you go in or do you go a level deeper as well and kind of look at your blessings just as like Owen's mentioned? Um, well, to piggyback off of, let me respond to that first. Um, the motivation is sometimes me speaking to myself. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when I post, it is, it, it'll come back to me as like a Facebook memory or, or something like that. And it will remind me where I was in that place and where I am in the moment, as well as, sorry, it's lunchtime for my kids, sorry, <laughs> on a Saturday. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's motivation for me in a sense where sometimes my mind, I, this is why I write so much, sometimes my mind is so overwhelmed with, um, you know, thoughts of, you know, what's not right, and, and, and I go through those moments, you know what I mean, and like like JR said, that's why I work so much. I do a lot. You know, I'm the vice president of a production company, of a casting agency, I'm a teacher, I'm a single mom, I'm I, I do so many things, but it also keeps me out of those dark places because I'm always doing something. Yeah. Um, and you know, the same thing he says with you know, just reaching out to people. I do, <laughs> we do, we'll just send each other the weirdest memes at random times, and it's just because we're in that place and hearing him say that. Um, it's true. Like I realize now hearing him say it, that that's what I'm doing too sometimes, you know? And, um, again, my daughter, yeah. you know, my daughter, I I'm going to share a story and I've never shared this publicly. Um, but I think it's important that I do, um, around the time that I had, uh, lost my brother. I was struggling. I, I wasn't working at the time. Um, I, her father and I had just split up. Um, I was about to lose my apartment. Um, and I was just in a really, really, really dark place. And I called him. I said, I need you to come get her. And he came, he got her, he left. And I sat in my car. And at the time I had a 38 revolver. And I called the suicide hotline and I talked to them for about 10 minutes and I just felt like it wasn't working. And the moment I took my gun in my hand, he knocked on the door of the window. And the first face I saw was my daughter's. He had her in his arms. Wow. And I remember saying, this would have been the last time she saw me. And that was the trigger for me to say, okay, no matter what I'm dealing with or what I'm going through, I have this little girl to live for. Mm. So she literally saved your life. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. So she is the reason why. And, and I try to tell myself, like, you know, I'm big on meditation. I'm big on motivation. And I try to teach myself not to be attached to anything or anyone because I feel like sometimes when you build that attachment when those things are gone you feel that loss heavily but I, I'm willingly attached to my child like I that she is 
my source yeah 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 and I think that's just being human at the end of yeah. the day we you know we need that human connection with you know whomever that is if that's your child right. your partner or you know a, a close friend so and from what you you know you've all mentioned here it's definitely that support and that connection with another who even if they're just there to listen or to just be silent and be there that right. that pulls you through yeah. Well, I, I tell I tell plenty of people find make good friends with someone who doesn't sleep. Yeah. Because that's the person you're going to reach out to at two in the morning, and you know yep. they're going to answer because they don't yep. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yep. that's that's a good friend to have. Unfortunately for them, <laughs> they don't sleep. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. And like again, you know, I mentioned this in the in the previous interview with both yourself, Jr. and Owen. But this connection that all three of you have is something that is it's out of this world. Like you yeah. don't see that connection. Well, I I don't know. I've never come across that. You know, apart from you, but I live with you. But yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you just don't see that connection anywhere else, even with between some friends. But this is like your colleagues and a family, mm. and and this is what is just so beautiful about just you know speaking to all three of you today is that you really have that sense of connection. Absolutely love it. I think Jr. wrote it into existence because he didn't know that my story was like Gabby's, and I don't know that he knew you know, that all three of us had been through very similar situations. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know either. I, I, I've known Owen for 18 years before we had shot the short version of this film. And I didn't know he ever dealt with mental health issues uh, previously mm-hmm. until we shot the short. And the same with Katana, I wrote this entire script, handed it to her. And she was like, this is me, literally, this is my life. This is, like, I've gone through all these, you know, th- situations. And yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, that just happened to fall into place. Yeah. And then, the, you know, the, the mutual, you know, um, the common, I guess, things that we have in, in, in place, I guess, make this connection happen. And we're not the only ones. I mean, you're only speaking to three of us, but there are other people on the set. When you exactly. look at, when you look at the rest of the crew and you look at the other actors, I mean, we, we all have this sense of, you know, a family right now. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. But like, we're a big, we're a big social media group like like a facebook like a facebook page (laughs) made for this (laughs) so i mean speaking of the film for those who didn't catch our previous interview and for anyone who hasn't caught marcus yet can you tell us a bit about the film yeah um marcus as you know already from the first part of this interview marcus uh is a film about a man dealing with depression uh, and, you know, it's it's a film we elected to make um, to bring awareness to mental health and kind of stop uh, the stigma around it. Um, things that the, the film basically follows this man who deals with depression and he in his everyday life and how it affects him with his family, his job, uh, just him himself, how he handles uh, things and uh, and what he goes through. Uh, and it it you know, follows a man who had left his daughter uh, years ago in a bad place and seven years later finds out she's pregnant and, uh, you know, feels this is the time to possibly find her and kind of make amends. And um, I don't want to spoil too much because I'm not sure how many people have seen it, but that's pretty, pretty, pretty solid. <laughs> I think. Yeah, because yeah. I think what comes across definitely like when when we've just what we've just spoken about is that connection um obviously Owen you you know your character Marcus just having that connection with friends and being able to connect reconnect with his daughter again I mean that definitely was what came across through the message was what we've just spoken about in terms of that was that the sort of message you wanted to come out of the film or or was it just kind of drawing people's attention to look at look at mental health this is this is what the reality is yeah the reality of it um I wanted when I originally wrote the feature uh, when I originally wrote the short I felt it was going to be like a uh, like getting something off my chest you know Mm because I was it was all in my mind I put all my thoughts and my my uh depressed feelings and everything on paper and we made the short that way 
uh, when I wrote the feature, I wanted to, you know, tune in on um, uh, some friends of mine that I've lost uh, to suicide and, and my own personal struggle uh, because out of the six of us where I'm the only surviving one. And I felt like if I, if I at least, you know, told a story in a way where <clears throat> people would understand what they went through um, all the dialogue in this film is based, is true, whether if it's my story or one of their stories, uh, they went through this, these moments and these situations at some point before they decided they had enough. And, uh, <clears throat> and the family part as well, you know, they all had girlfriends, wives, moms, you know, that I knew personally. So in speaking with them, uh, and knowing how it all ended for them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll tell you one of them specific that pops to mind, uh, you know, parked his car in his mom's garage and he didn't live with his mom. He literally just parked it and she woke up the next morning and he had left the car on all night with the windows down and that's how she found him. And it's one of those moments where, and she didn't see this as a threat. He was only, mm. you know, 24 and he, she did not see it as a threat. She felt like it was something he was just going through and, you know, he's just a kid. He'll grow out of it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, so the 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 whole feature came about because of that. You know, because of the success of the short. And then I felt like, wait, there's more that can be told, and some people can watch this and actually say, you know what? You know, my my child's kind of acting this way. Maybe I should look further into it, as opposed to, you know, just oh, you're you're a teenager. All teenagers have problems. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, I think, you know, you mentioned about the dialogue and I just kind of wanted to bring it to a particular scene in the film. Um, Owen, there was a particular long monologue um, within within that scene. How difficult was it to learn that monologue? Because, I mean, it was so effective. It was so precise. I mean, it made me double check myself in terms of thinking about some of my other friends who are dealing with mental you know mental health whether it's depression anxiety just to check in with them but how difficult was it to actually learn that monologue and really feel that monologue I'm, I'm assuming you're an actual considering how you, you started off this interview already <laughs> the um well first of all the, the whole script um when jr sent it to me uh, well it started with a short when he sent the short to me and i remember getting chills all over because i was so um, not because not just because it was incredibly well written but because my ability to relate to this man um that monologue that you're talking about i think it's when you're uh, when i was explaining why i've, I've, I've made this um, these choices and um um, I'm explaining it all to Becca. It, it took quite a while to memorize it all, but um, I got it immediately. Um, I was in love with it immediately because there was so much wrapped up in that whole dialogue. There was so much that was communicated um, in that whole dialogue about um, why some people, despite their very best effort to get help, either they're failed by family members or friends or institutions that are in place that are supposed to help you, where there's so many doors you have to go through. And at the end of the day, you find yourself even more disadvantaged sometimes. Um, so I, I fell in love with that because I, I knew that it needed to be told and I, needed, I knew it needed to be told just so. And putting myself in back into that painful place um, was a great impetus in helping me to get there. But yeah, in terms of the memorization process, I, I worked at it for quite a while. Yeah. Funny, funny enough, I remember he uh, when we shot it, we had multiple cameras on him because I was like, this is very long. <laughs> and I don't want to put him through it many times. So let's get as many cameras as we can, close up wide, all sorts of different angles, just so that he can get it done in a, in a, you know, in a hand, you know, less than a handful. I think we may have done it twice or three times total. Yeah. Um, so we didn't do it very, very much, but I, I knew it was uh, it was going to be a, a long scene for him to do and a stressing scene. And that is, by the way, that entire monologue is straight out of one of my one of my buddies that killed himself. It's the reason why his, his entire life just spiraled out of control. And it's crazy because I've had people in other countries who don't deal with our in the states, uh, you know, issues when it comes to healthcare. 
Mm -hmm. um, and they've been irate. Like I've actually had people come out and said, hey, I love your movie, but is this true? Is this what you go through in the United States? People have, you know, have to pay for medical stuff because they do not know they live in other countries. And I'm like, yeah, and it, it gets out of control pretty quickly and it ruins your, your credit. You know, if you don't pay for it, it'll destroy your credit. Mm. Um, so I've, I've actually had plenty of people in, in, in the UK and Spain and other countries literally reach out for that one moment, say, yeah, yeah sorry, movie, but we got to discuss, you know, what's going on with this. Yeah. And, and I think that was one of the things that angered us when we watched it. We were like, hey, what? how is this not even yeah. covered? Like, yeah. why is yeah. this the case? Because it's such an important thing that affects everyone at certain points in their life. And everyone needs to be, you know, you need that protection to know you can go for care and have that professional care mm -hmm. if you need it. Um, but yeah, so that was a real point where I was just like, I can't believe that was even mm -hmm. a thing. Like, we just thought, it, okay. Yeah. Until people started reaching out, I didn't even think about it, to be honest. Mm. I wrote it because we live in the States and I'm thinking people in the States will watch the film. Never once did I consider well, somebody in a country that is fully covered healthcare wise yeah. is going to watch this and not understand the scene. And I didn't realize that until people started reaching out going, I don't get it. You know, and I was like, well, in my country, <laughs> we have to pay for that. Yeah. It's not covered by anybody. So. Yeah. Yeah. So in our last interview with Owen and JR, we, we talked about um, one of the, your, the most um, big scenes. I mean, you, I know you it's mentioned the, yeah. the, the hospital scene. Katana, what would you say, I mean, is that an important scene for you? Was that the most memorable scene or was there another in the film? Um, that was definitely my most memorable scene. Um, I don't know if JR told you, but I was crying the entire time because it was me reliving that experience I like he was like we're not we're not shooting yet we're not shooting he's like I'm okay but when you're ready I'm ready you know because I I was it, it was the first time I had been there since having my daughter and it was the first time that I was seeing what it looked like to everyone because there were a few moments where I blacked out I remember losing so much blood that I blacked out so I didn't see what was actually going on for, for the latter part of, of my pregnancy. Um, and it was, it was tough. It was tough. And, and, you know, even the baby that was there, like seeing her brought me back to seeing my daughter and, and, yeah. you know, I, I'll say this, um, Owen's brother, he was back there. He was trying really hard to keep me laughing. He was like, you're going to mess up your makeup. And he was trying to get me, you know, like, get me, you know, in a, in a good space and, and not go too deep into my character. But I remember watching it when we, we had the pre premiere and um, I was like, whoa, that's how it looked to everyone. You know, even my mom, I sent her the link to watch it at one of the festivals and she was like, well, that was hard to watch. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, even even with Owen when when he came back you know that was my dad my, in real life like there was about a good 12 years that I hadn't seen him and he came back after I had my daughter and that's when I found out that I had sisters about my daughter's age you know it was it was it was a lot so those two scenes for me were, were pretty powerful yeah, yeah. So that's that's great segue back to Owen's brother who brought him into acting the same yep. brother was the one sitting behind her um, yeah. he was the the anesthesiologist who sits next to her and he was kind of just you know wiping her tears and helping her out and doing the best he can because she was, yeah. there's a I posted a picture not too long ago on something Instagram possibly Facebook and it's all of us after that scene and her eyes are like so swollen yeah she yeah. she cried for two hours straight I think uh, yeah I'm such a bad guy I mean that that scene in itself yeah. I mean we were literally we got to that certain part and we were like put it in no. the freezer yeah put it in the freezer we don't know this cannot happen and then that was it it's like pillows over us we were oh yeah uh, honestly I mean very powerful 
very powerful. I know, obviously, how much that was, you know, that connection to that scene. But, you know, all we can say is thank you so much for both of you just doing such an amazing performance in this film. Like, it was phenomenal. And I know, obviously, you've won quite a number of awards since then. So all we can say is congratulations on the success of Barkers. And we're literally, like, we're waiting for the merchandise. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> T-shirts, T-shirts oh. hats, yeah, the mug, <laughs> well, we have the, uh, the, the, the magazine coming out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that uh, needs to be on the T-shirt. Like, yeah, yeah, the team behind us. It's crazy how, how I felt like a lot of things with this film fell into place. You know, um, the baby, for instance, she mentioned uh, our, our script supervisor. You know, when we when we're at it, I'm like, I need a baby, you know, and, you know, I have tons of friends and family who uh, just had babies, but they're they're all you know white or Hispanic. And I'm going, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> so, so I'm like, what's going on? So I'm like sending texts going, anybody know a baby? And our script supervisor literally text back on my daughter just had a baby yesterday and this was a couple weeks before that that scene so I sat there going oh my are you kidding me (laughs) it just worked out I didn't even know his daughter was pregnant to be honest with you I never knew he was about to be a grandfather and I'm sitting here going when did this happen (laughs) so things like that were just falling into place you know yeah. I mean, the ho- the hospital we shot at, they gave us the entire second floor because yeah. it was, funny enough, a mental health ward that had just, the company that was running it had just moved out. So they were going to develop that entire second floor to another, just another floor of the hospital. And they're like, well, if you can shoot this in June, you know, we're not starting construction yet. And we walked in and they gave us the entire floor. And it, it was, it was just, you know, the timing of it all and yeah. the way it fell, it fell into place was, was quite cool. Yeah. So this film was definitely meant to be. It was certainly meant to be. From what Same you thing with the music. Jay, I won't ever talk about that, but I'll, I'll, I'll love talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your voice, Katana, yeah. absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you. I mean, the performance was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, talk more about the music. Go ahead. So I... I <laughs> So my first passion was music. I loved singing when I was younger, but like Owen says, we were introverts. So I never sang for anyone. And um, I remember when <laughs> I saw the short, I actually saw the short at a festival and I walked up to them and I'm like, that was amazing. I loved it. I did. I had no idea that I would be auditioning for the feature. And I remember JR saying, well, can you sing? And I'm like, huh? yeah I guess and I sent him this video that I'd made on Instagram years and years before and he was like all right well I'm gonna send you something and I want you to sing it acapella and I'm like okay and I'm sitting there and I'm like this might be it this might be the reason I don't get this role because I don't know if I want to sing and then I remember getting back in the studio for the first time and the music that was put on was like He's like, um, I want you to hear the original first. And I'm listening. I'm like, well, this song is dope. Who is this? He's like, oh, that's JR. And I'm like, oh. So I actually recited some JR songs, that song that you hear. He was in a band and that was his music. No, I didn't know. <laughs> I, it, was, it was funny to me because it was, I didn't know at all until the songs were sent to me. The producer at the studio had recorded us, I mean, my band in early 2000, I mean, 20 years ago. These were songs that I hadn't heard and I didn't even know he had the masters to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have no idea why he even had them. And out of nowhere, I'm, I'm hearing the song and I'm like, I know this song. <laughs> like, I totally know this song. And then they're like, yeah, it's your song. I'm like, oh my God. So he surprised me. I basically said, listen, I, we've, got, we've got the Tom Petty track. Yeah. Uh, I need a few fill-ins, you know, for because she's performing. You're not just going to cut into the immediate song, right? Yeah. So, you know, I need a few fill-ins here for for music, and um, and I said, write something because he's a musician, he's a writer as well, and, and he writes really good, really well. And I'm like, you know, write something. So instead of writing something, he went ahead <laughs> and pulled some of my old stuff and just covered it, awesome. you know, which is quite cool. Yeah. It was, you know. <laughs> Brilliant, definitely. So, Irene, are you a singer as well? <laughs> Um, only in the bathroom, um, but he was in a Barry White cover band. Stop it! Not this bathroom. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, it's, 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 um, as a kid, it is, it's something that I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to get myself involved with. I started to learn to play the piano and, um, and then, you know, we had a fire, we lost everything. And so that died. Um, and then like a ton of growing up, I got into books quite a bit. Um, you know, so the, I did a lot of artful stuff, but usually the kind of stuff that didn't necessarily put you on display. Yeah. But uh, no, singer, um, yeah. My wife is perhaps the only one who will endure my singing. <laughs> because she, she cares for me, I suppose. <laughs> well, he doesn't yeah. need to sing. You can just, you can put the music and it'll, it'll be like spoken words. Where you just go <laughs> yeah. and talk oh, yeah. over yeah. things. Yeah. And it'll be like, you'll probably go platinum <laughs> with that. <laughs> Monologue <laughs> to music. Definitely. <laughs> and then what you would have to do is form a band and we'll get you back on yeah. here to talk about the music. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Really, oh, this is really good. Um, again, you know, you've got some next projects work you're working on. Um, do you want to kind of go through those next projects and talk about what you've been working? I know there's a there's a few <laughs> exciting stuff going on there. Yeah. Um, well, first off, I mean the the most recent thing that we're kind of posting about right now, we're shooting a uh, a pilot to a TV show that um we're hoping takes off, and it's much. It's really different from Marcus. It's not traumatic at all. It's mostly um, comedy slash action slash kind of gory. <laughs> so I always say it's John Wick meets Dexter because it's got like the elements of both. Um, and both Owen and Katana are in it. Um, this is a project that I wrote 12 years ago, Owen, right? It was forever. Yeah, yeah. And I never thought, yeah, I never thought this would at least anytime soon because it required a high budget and um and one day owen goes ahead and posts this picture of his of his you know he's ripped he's been working out <laughs> he looks like arnold schwarzenegger over here and out of nowhere people are like what's going on yeah. like what's what are you doing what's up and so he says oh, well, i got this project going and and we were just going to shoot a scene and before this uh to kind of entice people and I don't know where they just started coming out. Like people just started coming out going, oh, I want to see this. Um, here, I'll provide you all. And we had gun manufacturers giving us $20,000, $30,000 weapons what? going, we'll custom paint it for you. We will, you know, send it down. I mean, it was like all because of Owen posing in front of a mirror. And, <laughs> <That's> and <him. laughs> like, Build it and they will come. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was that easy. I mean, Jesus, you know, is, I've been working at this for 18, 19 years over here. You know? So, um, so yeah. And then I, I brought in Katana who, who really did her own wardrobe. Uh, I just told her what the character was. And I Amazing. said, this is, this is what you need. And she started coming back to me with these ideas and that idea. And I'm like, this is awesome. So <laughs> yeah, that's what we got now. I'm shooting actually on Tuesday uh uh the last scene of at least the first part of it and then um the hopes i don't want to put this out there but i do because and then it'll give me some kind of pressure uh the hopes is that we might get in get it into uh south by uh next year because they do yeah. the episodic competition yeah um i'm only putting it out there because that puts more stress on me and pressure and accountability deadline. yeah yeah correct yeah. I just said it into the public. If I don't come through, <laughs> to additional kind of people, yeah. that's yeah. going to hold you accountable. Too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's funny because um, when he pitched that story to me, like all of his projects, that you know, Jr's got this brilliant mind, and uh, he pitched this to me. I think it was about ten years ago, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to do this." And it's been on the back burner for so long that I never envisioned the day that we really were actually going to get to it, even though I really wanted so badly to do it. And um, just to think that we're now um, involved in shooting promotional stuff. And it's just, I'm totally, I'm totally jazzed. So yeah, I'm, I'm attached to a number of things right now, but that is the most immediate. And that's the one that I'm looking forward to more than anything else. It is, um, it is a, a, quite a departure from Marcus. Um, and, and so we go from that very necessary story of Marcus um, to something lighter and more fun. And, uh, you know, and I've always wanted to do something action oriented. You know, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. I love, I love physical um, interaction, uh, gunplay. Um, I love all of that. So the fact that we get to do this, I'm, I'm tickled to death, you know, and do it with people that I love, like these two guys on the screen is just awesome. Yeah, we 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 definitely, this is all fun. You missed psychotic there, by the way, when you said fun and action. Yeah. It is, it's, like, 
There, there's the scene I'm doing on Tuesday. I've had numerous actors that I've worked with plenty of times back out because they are scared. And I'm like, should I reconsider shooting this? Because I mean, I feel like, am I gonna kill somebody <laughs> for real? So I, I, I posted it on Facebook and I said, I need an actor local who is kind of crazy and will do some crazy stuff. And everybody that's responded literally has said, dude, I'm all in. Then they read the script and they're like, I'm all out. <laughs> the way I'm doing that. So I, I've, I, I'm the backup, I feel. I say, okay, come Monday, if I haven't passed this and to a committed person, I will literally do it. Uh, yeah. so, so that's where I'm at. But. Excellent. Sounds great. Katana, yeah, the outfit. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was super excited. I... I I told you guys when I was a kid, assassin, vampire, yeah. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you know? and, and, and that's kind of where the acting came in. I was like, you know what? If I want to be all these things, I got to be an actor. because That'll let me be whatever I want to be. So yeah, we, we have that coming up. I, I, was, I was so excited. I'm like, I'm sending him pictures on Amazon. I'm like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? I'm like, I want one white eye. Ooh, and the white hair. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and everything. And, and then when I saw, when I saw the, the, beautiful beautiful gun I was like okay I'm gonna throw it's, it's supposed to be for the bedroom but I'm gonna put it on the white jumpsuit and just make it look like it's part of the outfit and it just all came together I was so excited yeah it's, it's, it's funny because that, that's what named her character so her character's name is actually fashion so she always <laughs> accessorizes she always accessorizes to the weapon she's using and that's really what I what I decided to go with because she matched the weapon and remember that the manufacturer went ahead and sent us this and custom painted it and said, okay, well, you, you want this, you want that. So we, we just, we just ran with that. But yeah. So the, the, the white hair was like a must from the beginning. I said, I need you. Yeah. White hair. And then she came <laughs> yeah. up going, well, I can do one white eye. And I was like, yeah you got that she's like, yeah. she's like all right cool let's do it and i'll tell you owen's weapon in what we shot was uh, like a prototype it's not even out in the market yet mm -hmm. and the guy who actually paid tons of money to get this create and designed it apparently it's supposed to hit the market uh later in the year uh he came down from another state with it just to present it and say okay i'm sitting right next to it you know, I, I, I'm worried because I spent a ton of, of this, but it is a weapon that it just, I mean, wait till you, uh, when I get this thing ready to go, you'll see what it does. It's something that it's scary mm. as a parent <laughs> and it's scary as the person that isn't technically into guns. Um, but when you see it, you're like, oh, that's very cool. cool. <laughs> like, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Even Owen, I'm like, I walked onto set and I'm like, dude. You are not my dad. Who are you? Oh my god! Oh my god! No, I, you know I. Um, I've always enjoyed working out since high school because when I was in high school, I was really scrawny. And I don't know if you guys ever saw the uh, the cartoon where the you know little guys on the beach, bully comes along, kicks sand in his face. And he goes off and he works out and makes himself more intimidated. And then he comes back. And I don't remember how it ends, but I just know it ends in his favor. <laughs> so I was that guy um, in school, incredibly skinny, kind of like my youngest son right now. And um, you combine being really small framed with being introverted and people think you're a pushover. Mm -hmm. uh, I was not. Um, Kind of like my dad, if I if I lock in, 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 in a fight with you, um, you will probably not do very well. <laughs> and and so, um, but I, I I would always walk away from situations, and that would that would um, that would give people the impetus to think, oh, he's exactly what we thought of him. He's a weakling, and you know they pursue you more, and then you'd have to demonstrate that no, I'm not one worth pursuing like that. But I say all of that to say that in high school, to avoid those situations where would I, I'd have to go to that extreme, I said, let me take up, let me start working out. And I ended up bulking up nicely and loved it. And so I've worked out my entire adult life on and off. So even when we were finishing uh, up on, because in, in Marcus, I literally had to let myself go, yeah. you know. I didn't watch what I was eating. So I kind of put on somewhat of a pouch, you know, around midsection. <laughs> I totally stopped working out. Um, surprised my wife still loved me after that. Um, so, 
I went to that extreme, but towards the end of Marcus, JR even called me. I think one day he came over and held me by the arm and said, what's going on here? <laughs> he's wearing T-shirts t- and he's got to lift something. And I'm like, you've been to the gym. Like, yeah, like the last, it, there are pickup shots. There are pickup shots. I'm like, you, you've been to the gym. Like, what am I supposed to do here? You, got the, you know, you haven't had those biceps the whole, show, the whole shoot, you know? Yeah, he, he was kind of like, Marcus can't look like that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the men who were finished shooting, I, I, I kind of got back into the gym um, just a little bit, um, just to stay healthy and, you know, try to make myself look the way I'm accustomed to looking. But then when this whole um, roach thing, the minute I got wind of it, oh, and I just put the name out there. Uh, <laughs> I was going to um, yeah. the minute The minute that came about, I already knew in my mind that this, this guy had to be a physical guy and he had to be somewhat formidable and intimidating. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to love this. So uh, yeah, I was back in the gym and I have been uh, just trying to maintain um, until that time when we have to do some more shooting. I'll tell you, even, even Paul White, known as the big show has challenged owen to a battle oh, based on that picture we, I, got the, I, I got the text and he literally says what do you want to get in the ring i'm ready oh my god listen i i love that guy um i i know he is um he, he came and he supported and became a part of our film and i I did not expect Paul White to be as down to earth and lovable mm-hmm. and humble and as amazing. And I think you talk to anybody that was on the set and they'll yeah. tell you that. It was a great pleasure working with him. Just an amazingly talented man and uh, a very gracious and humble fellow. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just such a wonderful experience. But yes, I'm ready to get into the thing. Um, <laughs> Going to start this? <laughs> And then I'm going to run the other direction. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I mean, guys, we could talk to you forever. There's so much we want to cover, but there's just not enough time in the day. But we do have one more question. We do. We do. I haven't forgotten. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, So we like to ask our guests um, to share some inspiration to our viewers. So we'd love for each one of you just to share your tip to someone who is probably out there who's suffering from mental health and is probably feeling no I can't do it I, I I can't take that next step what would your tip for them be we'll start with JR yeah now uh, would that be in film or would that be in film um well, when you tie mental health to the film world I mean it goes it's 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 rather easy if you keep busy, like I said before. So just getting on a set, no matter what your position is, um, would keep your mind off. Sets are forever. I mean, you, you've been on sets. We've been on sets for 16 hours a day sometimes. So if you're really struggling and you want your mind kind of to escape, uh, going on set is like your mind. You don't go that way. So I would say just get out there and do it and 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 jump find people who are filming and even if you're not getting paid you know i don't want to say that so loud but still even if you're not getting paid and you just need that escape and you're capable of making that escape uh then just get on some sets and and just help out in any way now if you're a director and you know i mean you know we don't none of us are made of money you know none of this none of us on this on this chat right now you know we're we struggle. We were hoping to get investments for 20 years, trying to get anything done. And it got to a point where I made a, a short for $200. And I said, man, if I can keep something very simple like this, I can make this into a feature with absolutely no money, yeah. uh, which is what we set out to do. And it's what we, we basically accomplished. We made a feature that's, you know, done very well and gone around for absolutely no money. We do not need to wait for $2 million and they never come. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Good. Mm-hmm. I I would two two tips. Um, the first one would be um, when taking on a role, look at it as therapy. Don't become too engulfed in the character sometimes because we have seen what happens sometimes when we get too, 
we can we connect too closely. In one way, it can be therapeutic. In another way, it can actually, you know, it, it can hurt us. So be honest with yourself about what roles you do accept, whether or not you can handle those roles, whether or not you are willing to see yourself in that role. Um, most entertainers, we have our we have our 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 no our no go. Like I won't do this type of role. I won't do that type of role. Be honest with yourself about what you can handle when it comes to acting. Um, for filmmakers, for actors, for everyone, my tip would be, like Jr. said, get out there and look for the work and get the work. And if it's not coming, create it. I've seen, especially now with social media, there have been a lot of creators who just make their own content and you've seen them blow. You know, a friend of mine, um, Jasmine Brown, she and I were constantly in auditions together in South Florida. She made her own little videos on Instagram and she blew up. She's on BET. She's working with Descent. She's doing her thing. She made her own content. So if you feel like you're not getting the roles that you want or that you need, then make it. Yeah. Create it for yourself. You know, don't wait for opportunities all the time. Create your own. And lastly, our own. So um, I, I very much endorse um, what uh, Jared Katona just said. Um, what I would add to that is, as as an actor, someone seeking to get into this industry and to pursue it to the best of your ability, sometimes the things that you think might be negatives um, are not. Um, there, there are certain journeys in life that we go through. And again, once we get out on the other side, and I spoke about this earlier, we realize how it informs our decisions and how it enriches us and strengthens us. I literally um, think, like I said before, that my experience made me a better um, choice for Marcus. It, it, it allowed me to play the character very differently and um, with more believability. So there are times when our stresses and our struggles and our pains may stop us. But if, if we can just adjust our perspective to realize that sometimes those pains in life, in fact, I find personally that most often in life, those pains can indeed either make us stronger or um, strengthen us for the next the, the next situation, and like and as an actor, it informs you in a very different way. You can take those pains and uh, make them inform your decisions as an actor. And you know what? What you want to do as an actor is you want to set yourself apart from the other guy or the other girl. You want to stand out, and those unique ex- experiences that you are hoping not to have. Well, we all don't want to have them, but when you do have them. You just fight through them and and then reach out to those in your space, you know, if, um, you know, friends and family, if you need to talk to someone, but never stop pursuing your dream just because of the struggles that's ahead. Yeah, and find that friend that doesn't sleep. Yeah. Usually, usually it's a creative. Usually it's yeah. a creative. So yeah. you'll, you'll once you step into that set and, and find and start moving forward, you'll find those friends on set that don't sleep because creative people don't normally sleep. It was it was great, and I think again, even although you know you've given some great tips there, but I think also the other tip that comes through is even if you're insecure in yourself, you're shy, you're introverted and you really want to break into film or, you know, how that can, yeah, film or music can actually help you overcome that. And being in the limelight is not necessarily a negative thing because it enables you to discover who you are and your strengths. So you really, that really came across today. So thank you all for for sharing and being totally honest in your journey. Thank you so much. Are we starting now? (laughs) <laughs> we this, whole oh, this whole time we've just been talking i don't know where we're starting now <laughs> no it's been great to have you on the show thank you once again for um for att- yeah attending this interview and congratulations on the success of marcus and we cannot wait to hear more about all of your next projects thank you so much thank you we hope you enjoyed the show 
Stay tuned for more Rhyme Entertainment Showcase. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.